good to be with you this morning. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm going to bring God's word to you this morning. And my message to you this morning is God's love alive in you. I want to encourage you this morning with the message of God's love. And if you're watching this morning and you haven't put faith in Jesus, I urge you to to listen in because there's some wonderful truths in here for you this morning also. For the believer in Christ, I I desire that and I, and I pray that you'll strengthen in your faith this morning, that you'll deepen in your walk with God, that you'll get a greater sense of God's love for you, that you'll find freedom from fear, from anxiety, freedom from inadequacy, freedom from condemnation. I pray that, that you would experience a greater unity with God's people through coming to understand more about the love of God this morning. Let me pray for you from Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that God's glorious unlimited resources will empower you with inner strength today through God's Spirit, that Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him, that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of God. May you today experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. Are you ready to grasp the love of God with me today? My first thought for you today is that God is love. God is love. He doesn't just show love, but he is love. We must acknowledge that the love of God is something magnificent. It's something unexplainable. It's something truly incomprehensible. There's so many facets to the love of God that it would take many lifetimes to explore. But one facet is that the love of God is eternal, that it existed before the world was made, and it will exist after this world is long gone. In John 17, 24, Jesus speaks to his Father of the glory that you've given me and your love for me before the foundation of the world. The love of the Father was shown to Jesus before this world was ever here. And their love between one to another continues even in the present. In John 3.25, it says the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. And John 14.31, I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Isn't it wonderful that there's this unconditional love that exists between the Father and the Son and presumably between the Holy Spirit also? And I want to hone in now on some of the more practical aspects of the love of God. Because this love that is with God, it wants to be and has been shed abroad in our hearts who trust Christ and we know of his love. And the love of God is given and shown toward the world. And we're going to look at that. We see that in in 1 John 4, 9 and 10. This is the love of God that was made manifest among us that God sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I want you to receive the love of God this morning without hindrance. Open your heart to receive 
this wonderful gift without trying to earn it. Romans 5 and 8, God shows his love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And of course, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And the apostle Paul in Galatians 2, 20 says, the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God loves you this morning unconditionally. His love is toward you. I see that there's two barriers to receiving the love of God. Because it's one thing to know about it, to hear about it, but are we really receiving that unconditional love into our hearts? I think oftentimes inadequacy gets in the way and condemnation can get in the way. This thing about inadequacy, you know, I'm not good enough for God's love, so I've got to earn his love. Maybe don't think about it, it's maybe not at the forefront of our minds, but is it subconsciously there in our actions and our attitudes towards God and and towards people, and is that inadequacy there? Can, can we look at this this morning? Can we step over that this morning and allow God's unconditional love to just wipe away that inadequacy, that sense of inadequacy that you may feel? Because in 1 John four sixteen, it says, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. If you love God this morning, God abides in you. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to prove it. His love abides in you and by it, love is perfected. You can have confidence today before God because his love abides in you. And as Christ is righteous and as he is holy and accepted, you also are accepted before God. You're loved and you're accepted. You're more than enough through Christ. You're not inadequate. So let's step over that barrier together this morning. What about condemnation? This idea that I no longer qualify for God's love. We know that Romans 8 and 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But why do we oftentimes get this sense of condemnation when we've done wrong? Why do we feel or think condemnation? Well, 1 John 20 says, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Do you often get a sense that your heart's condemning you? Do you feel self-condemnation because of something wrong that you've done? That's normal. We all feel that at times. But God is greater than our heart. Let God be greater than your heart this morning. He knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Let's allow God's love in this morning. Let's refuse condemnation. Let's have confidence toward God. Let's step over these barriers together this morning. We're talking about receiving God's love. And now I want to speak to you about reciprocating God's love, walking in his love through loving God back with that love that he's given us and loving others with that love that he's given us. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses instructs the Israelites, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, 
and with all your strength. We are to reciprocate God's love back to him with our entire being. In Deuteronomy, it was under the law. It was about trying to love God in human strength. It was striving. It was self-effort. It was trying very hard to keep the commandments. But, you know, in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is questioned on the same thing. A local scribe asks, which commandment is the most important? And in response, Jesus says, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. You know, notice how in Mark, Jesus adds the words with all your mind. You know, in, in, under the law, it was about strength. And under grace, it's about renewing the mind. We're in grace. We're in the dispensation of grace, if you know the Lord this morning. We're not under the law. It's not about striving to obey the commands. It's about letting God's love in, loving him back, and allowing his love to lead us to obedience. You know, in the Greek, that, that word, uh, with all your mind, the word mind is dianoia, which simply means a thinking through, a meditating on God. It's about renewing the mind. It's about allowing God to work as much as you can through prayer, through praise, through scripture reading. You know, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. We can pray with our hearts. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. We can praise, we can use our lips, we can use our body. We can praise him. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. Remember, dianoia, thinking on God through his word. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. There is a strength aspect. It's fighting for prayer. It's fighting for that time in the word. It's giving your time and your energy to the Lord. It's praising him and thanking him when you don't feel like it. But it's not a reliance on strength, sheer strength and willpower alone to obey God. No, the Israelites, they tried that and they failed. We need grace. We need the love of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to reciprocate God's love back to him and to walk in obedience. 1 John 5 and 3 if we love God, we will obey his commands. Romans 13 and 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Let's commit today to loving God back. Let's deepen our prayer life. Let's learn how to praise him. Let's choose thankfulness instead of complaining. Let's renew our minds through scripture reading, through Bible meditation this morning. So yes, the love of God is reciprocated back to God, but the love of God is reciprocated to our neighbor, to our loved ones, to people in our world. Let me, let me read from you. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith even to move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burnt but have not love, I gain nothing. 
And on and on it goes, talking about love. Yes, love is to be given and shown toward others. Let me just bring in a couple of small points here. I think the developing relationships is important here because to reciprocate the love of God, you need people in your life. We've all got a responsibility as Christians to develop friendships, to reach out, to send a text message, to Zoom call somebody, to meet with someone for a walk in the park. It's vital that as Christians that we build relationships. We're part of a worldwide family. Um, surely we can make time for three or four people in our life to confide in, to be accountable to, to pray with, to encourage and to love. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 1 John 4:11. Beloved, if God loves us, we also ought to love one another. Let's commit today to developing relationships with fellow believers. What about forgiveness? Forgiveness is so important to showing the love of God to others. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And that sounds like a lot to forgive someone seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. That's how amazing the forgiveness of God is. And that's how great the love of God should be in our hearts that we are willing to show that wonderful forgiveness to others, even up to 77 times if necessary. Do you need to forgive someone today? Why don't you commit to the Lord today that you will reach out to that person this week and you will extend that forgiveness? What about our words, using our words wisely? James warns us about the power of the tongue I'll just quote a small passage from James 3 and 10. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. We've got to be careful what way we use our words. We want to reciprocate the love of God to others. And words are important in how we do that. Do you need to apologize to someone this morning for the way you've spoken to them? Why don't you commit to God to do that this week? 2 Corinthians 13 and 11. This is Paul speaking. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. When we're reciprocating the love of God, we want to turn our attention now to the unbeliever. How do we reach the lost? You know, there's one method. Again, it's not, this is not a popular method for reaching the lost. It's not, you won't find it trending online but it is simply to love one another as our brothers and sisters in Christ. John 13, 35 says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I think the, the unsaved will notice something special about us if we can love one another with that amazing love that God's given us. They might even listen to us if we can learn how to show that love to one another. So we've talked about receiving God's love, stepping over the barriers of inadequacy, of condemnation. We've talked about reciprocating the love of God to the Lord and to others. 
And I want to talk to you about resting in his love. And the setting is when we fail, when we're processing personal sin, we can be disrupted from rest. The enemy wants to pull us out of that place of rest where we're resting in his love and in his grace whenever we fail. But we have a promise in Romans 8, 37, 39. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't allow anything to separate you from God's love. But personal sin in particular is something that can try to rob us of that unconditional love of God. And it pulls us from a place of rest. And God doesn't want that. He wants us to come before him in honesty and openness and brokenness and share our heart with him. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And King David knows all about the love of God and he knows all about sin. He did love God deeply and God loved him and he did sin grievously through adultery, through murder. And in Psalm 51, we can see David's personal prayer to God. And he cries out to the Lord and he asks God to change his heart. He acknowledges his sin and he turns his acknowledgement into praise and he turns his praise into openness and brokenness. And he turns that into a prayer for healing and a prayer to serve once again. And it's a model for us when we face personal sin. We don't run from God. We don't allow the enemy to snatch us away from God's love. But we rest. We rest in the love of God as King David did. Let me read the end of Psalm 51. Just before the end of it, in fact, where David says, to the Lord, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. In this setting, God doesn't want sacrifice. He doesn't want more giving and more serving. He wants brokenness. He wants to hear your heart. If you're going to stay in rest when it comes to the ups and downs of your life, you've got to be open and fluid before the Lord, not just a kind of mechanical relationship where we say, sorry, Lord, I blew it. Um, I just want forgiveness and I just want to move on. No, he wants us to pour our heart out to him, to acknowledge our sin, but then to turn that introspection into praise, to turn it up to him, to not just continually look inwardly until we're so depressed with ourselves, but to, yes, acknowledge our sin, but turn that acknowledgement to God in praise, as David did, and lead into brokenness, an openness, uh, a vulnerability before God, where he's able to come in and heal us from whatever those hurts are, whatever has been bothering us, that God would heal us. He'd build those walls of our life back up so we'd be able to serve him again. And David points to that part at the end of his prayer when he says to the Lord, do good to Zion in your good pleasure, build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole offerings, bowls will be offered on your altar. There comes a time again for serving, forgiving, but it has to be out of that place of 
wholeness. In fact, it doesn't have to be. And that's why you see many Christians falling in great sin or, or burning out in, in serving God or in ministry and life because they're serving and they're giving and they're offering, but there's no source of power. There's no source of strength, the love of God. They're not taking time to rest in his love. They're not receiving his love. And there's nothing left in the tank, so to speak. We're to learn how to rest in his love, even in personal sin, to rest in his love, to allow that healing to take place. And then from a place of wholeness, we can serve once again. We can offer sacrifices to God. We can give offerings to God once again when the time is right. And the final point I want to make this morning is about reveling in the love of God. As we put all of this together this morning, it brings us to a place where we can revel in the love of God. We can comprehend how wide and how high and how long and just how deep is his love, as we spoke about in, in, uh, in Ephesians 3 at the start this morning. This is about the revelation of his love becoming an impartation from God, where through his power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're strengthened by his love. Where his love begins to set us free from anxiety, from fear, where the revelation of his love sets us free from depression, from loneliness, from rejection. To revel in his love and to be filled with his love can give us a sense of connectedness with the family of God, which is something that we need and we should desire to have. You know, I think when we really begin to revel in his love and walk in his love and reciprocate his love, we really begin to see our fellow believers as brothers and sisters in Christ. Not just as other people or, you know, other believers, but we really get a sense of that is my brother and that is my sister right there. And then we treat them with love. Reveling in his love is where we live every day with an expectation of his return, that we're going to meet him, that we're going to celebrate with him, that we're going to be his bride, the church, that we're going to be lost in his love for all of eternity. God's love is alive in you this morning. If you know Christ, if you know this love that I'm talking about, if you've received it, and we learn how to reciprocate it, to rest in it and to revel in it, then you watch how the love of God will revolutionize your life. If you haven't put faith in Jesus Christ, I urge you to do it. I urge you to do it now. I can pray for you now and you can put faith in Jesus Christ and in this great love today. I'm gonna pray a prayer and I ask you to follow me in this prayer if you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus today. Remember, this is your prayer. Pray these words with me. Lord God, I confess I am a sinner. I need to be saved. Jesus, you are the answer. You gave your life for my sins. You rose again from the grave. You are alive today. I ask you to forgive me. Make my spirit come to life. Grant me a place in heaven.
so that when I die, I will know for sure that I will be with you. Today, I start a brand new life, alive in you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant it, you've taken the first step in becoming a follower of Jesus. And there's a few things that I would urge you to do. Tell someone about it. Find a Bible-believing church, whether that's local, whether that's online. Connect with fellow Christians. Start reading a Bible and pray. Talk to the Lord because the Lord hears you. And we'd love to hear from you if you've made that decision this morning. Visit our website, go to our Contact Us page and just drop us a message. God bless you. Thank you, church, for tuning in this morning. Thank you for listening. And I hope that that has inspired you, that it's encouraged you. I pray that the love of God would come alive in you in a greater way. Let me read Ephesians 3, 16. One more time to end this morning. I pray that God's glorious, unlimited resources will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. And we hope to see you next week. God bless.